Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Doug Martin with Manitoba Pork. Also, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo will stop by the program. And at first, in today's country comment, we'll get an update from Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation on forage claims from 2021. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation saw a big spike in forage claim payouts in 2021. David Crossell is product support manager. In terms of uh, overall payouts under the forage program, it's uh, just over $36.3 million. And in that number is included the uh, hay disaster benefit, which is $8.7 million of that total. So pretty significant losses this year, the largest that we've, we've seen under the forage program. And I guess if you're linking it to uh, cattle and livestock producers uh, added to that, there was another $9.4 million paid out for silage corn losses and $2.4 million for green feed losses as well. So... Um, I said that industry was hit uh, pretty hard right across the province in 2021. How big of a jump would that have been from, say, uh, 2020? Uh, 2020 total forage payouts was uh, about 7.2 million. That doesn't include the silage, corn, and green feed. That's just straight. So the 7.2 would be comparable to the 36.3 this year. With that large amount, you know, for 2021. um, does that have any kind of you know overall impact on on the program? Uh, definitely has an impact, uh, as in any insurance program. When there's losses, um, that will be reflected over time in in potential increase in premium rates. Uh, in terms of the overall uh, fund for the agri insurance program, we had a significant reserve balance heading into this year, so that's uh, health helped offset the impact of the losses in general for, for all crops this year. So, um, again, it's uh, premiums are, are based on a 25-year period, so there, there, will be a, there will be an impact because of the losses this year, but that is spread out over time. So uh, it, it lessens the burden on a year-to-year basis. Can you talk a little bit more about that hay disaster benefit and the timing on when that was triggered and, and just the, uh, you know, the payouts there? Yeah, the hay disaster benefit is a component uh, uh, that was implemented in 2014. And, and really what happens in with forages uh, that's a little bit different than other crops is um, when, you, when you get a, a year of significant losses, it drives up the price of, of forage or replacement feeds. But it, it's also a commodity that you have to go further distance to replace to to feed your livestock so you you also get increased transportation costs if you have to buy feed and bring it to your farm so um, it it was factored into the program and there's a formula to trigger it basically um, 20 percent of the producers have to see a forage loss of 50 percent of their uh, long-term average yield so that's calculated on an annual basis and this year, we realized that that uh, was likely going to trigger um, early on. Normally, it doesn't trigger till January once we have all the data inputted into the system. Um, and, and what happened this year, we knew based on what the summer was shaping up like that it was going to trigger. So uh, we triggered it in August. And what that did is it gave us the ability to 
start paying that uh, portion out right off the bat when we started processing forage claims. So um, how it works is if a producer had a 50-ton forage shortfall, the hay disaster benefit uh, cover or, or applied an additional $44 per ton to that claim. So in that case, you get uh, 50 tons times the $44 per ton, and uh, it just enhanced the, the value of his claim. Would you have uh, numbers on, on how many acres were insured? Uh, 300 and I'll say 333,000, just shy of 333,000. That was David Carossel. He's the product support manager with Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo attended an emergency meeting of G7 Agriculture Ministers today to discuss the global shortage of wheat caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Ukraine is one of the world's biggest exporters of grain, and officials are warning millions could go hungry in countries including Afghanistan, Yemen, and Sudan if other countries don't step up. Definitely care a lot, a lot about these, uh, these countries uh, who are facing food security challenges, and uh, we have already committed $100 million in humanitarian assistance. And I also know that our producers, exporters of grain are already working with the World Food Organization to provide food. This is great to know that Canada is uh, very much involved uh, in terms of humanitarian assistance. This week, the federal government announced the launch of the Supply Management Processing Investment Fund worth $292.5 million. The fund is part of the government's commitment to support processors to address the impacts of international trade agreements. Ben Brooks is vice chair of the Canadian Poultry and Egg Processors Council. In today's world, we must deal with growing and escalating costs, challenging consumer expectations, and significant labor shortages. It's critical that we adapt and be ready to face greater market competition. To achieve this, we know we'll need to invest in our businesses. What this new fund does is stimulate more investment across our industry in in projects that will make us more productive, competitive, and sustainable. Through the program, processors of supply-managed commodities will have access to funding to improve their productivity and efficiency through investments in new automated equipment and technology. And the Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute hosted a webinar this week to talk about Russia's invasion of Ukraine and what it means for agriculture and food security. FCC Principal Agricultural Economist Sebastian Puglio talked about the impact on farmers here in Canada. It just means that there's fewer grain on the world market that's going to be available. And we see that the impact of that is raising uh, grain and all seed prices. Grain prices are way up, especially for wheat. We saw it last week. The wheat futures hit the limit six times. It has settled since then, but shows us really that, you know, grain prices have been going up. He notes the increase in the price of diesel will also impact farmers here at home. Fertilizer prices will also see an increase with the sanctions that are being placed on Russia and Belarus, which are important producers of potash. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, March 11th. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, we'll chat with Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. The UN World Food Program is asking Canada to open up its silos to urgently fill the global shortage of wheat caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Ukraine is one of the world's biggest exporters of grain, and officials are warning millions could go hungry in countries including Afghanistan, Yemen, and Sudan 
if other countries don't step up. Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo is attending an emergency meeting of G7 agriculture ministers today. I caught up with Minister Bebo yesterday. Well, you know, you're talking to the former Minister of Congressional Development, so we definitely care a lot, a lot about these, uh, these countries uh, who are facing uh, uh, food security challenges. And uh, we have already committed $100 million in uh, humanitarian assistance. But in terms, and I also know that our producers, exporters of grain are already working with the World um, Food Organization to provide, uh, to provide food. Uh, so this is, uh, this is great to know that Canada is uh, very much involved on, in terms of humanitarian ex- uh, assistance. Wanted to um, touch a little bit on the uh, potential CP rail strike um, concern over that and um, cattle feeders um, also concerned uh, with that situation. Um, can you comment a bit on a potential strike and, and have, you, have you been in contact with any of the parties? Or? Well, I've had a conversation with CP but uh, a few weeks already ago because when, once we get at this stage, uh, it's really Minister Al Gabro, the Minister of Transport, and Minister O'Regan, the Minister of, of uh, Labour, who were um, in contact with the parties. And actually, we have the federal mediators already engaged because we are trying to do everything we can for the parties to reach a negotiated agreement as soon as possible. I understand uh, how, you know, the the farmers, uh, the anxiety related to a potential strike because our food supply chain has been stretched and under so much pressure in recent months. Uh, We definitely don't need a strike right now. And uh, never anyway, but especially not right now. So I can tell you that, you know, with my colleagues, uh, we're close to the parties, to both parties, and, and, and doing everything we can for, for a resolution. The uh, government released a discussion document on um, fertilizer emission reduction. Um, can you just comment a, um, a little bit on, on, that, um, on that step and a uh, new round of consultations? Yes, because uh, after uh, several discussions with uh, stakeholders uh, very involved in the uh, in this topic, uh, we have released uh, the Department of Environment has released a discussion paper um, for more consultations. So all the stakeholders, organizations, producing producers, association, and, and others are welcome to provide you know to share their thoughts and ideas uh, for us to reach this objective of reducing the emissions associated to uh, fertilizer by 30%. Uh, we reiterated that it's, um, we're looking for, for an absolute reduction, but I mean, it's, uh, it's a voluntary target. So the idea is really to be ambitious and to get everyone on board, to be creative, to invest in research, innovation, to find alternatives, uh, to find, you know, uh, for example, the 4R, uh, is a very good way to start, and if we get can get as much uh, as many producers as possible to uh, adopt these best practices, would be great and would be really in the in the right direction. So we really look forward to uh, you know learning more about creative ideas and uh, technologies and innovation that could support reaching this target. And lastly, here today. Um on Wednesday, you announced the launch of the Supply Management Processing Investment Fund um, worth $292.5 million. 
Uh, t- talk a bit about that round of funding and, um, you know, just the, uh, just the commitment the government's made to, to supporting supply management um, in regards to these trade deals. So this was the last part of the uh, compensation following the agreement with uh, the European Union and the Trans-Pacific uh, Zone. Uh, we had already provided the, uh, the compensation for producers, and now it is the part for processors. So now they can apply. Uh, the, the program is already open. They can apply to first um, check with a, a quick form, you know, if the project is eligible, and if yes, then they proceed with a full application. Uh, and then uh, the following step will be the compensation for the agreement with the United States and Mexico, and we have committed to share um, the, um, the terms of this compensation by the end of this, uh, of this year, of the first year of our mandate. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Farm Credit Canada is hosting a Farmland Values Report webinar on March 15th. Go to the FCC website. The Stanley Soil Management Association is hosting its AGM March 15th via Zoom. To register, you can call or text 204-362-0352. Manitoba Canola Growers is hosting a webinar March 16th starting at 11.30 a.m. Register on their website. And the Sustainability of Canadian Agriculture Conference 2022 planned for March 16th to the 18th. Details on the University of Manitoba Agriculture website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon. Today we wrap up our look back in celebration of the 65th anniversary of CFAM Radio 950. Today's guest is Doug Martin, a district advisor with Manitoba Pork. We are in East Selkirk. Uh, we've been in the hog business. My parents were in it, and then I took over in 1986, uh, and we had 150 sows, uh, fair to finish, and then that burnt down, and then we have we rebuilt, and we were at 1,200 sows, uh, fair to wean, and we've been doing that since, uh, since the mid-90s, uh, two, two decades of exporting weanlings to the U.S., and now we're a nucleus. Uh, heard for Genesis uh, producing purebreds here in Canada, and just pigs are staying in Canada. During your time, you know, in the industry, what would you say would, has been the biggest change over the years um, that you've seen? Uh, you know, when I got into farming, I guess in the mid '80s and '90s, there was there was absolutely no money in grain farming, and so hogs was, you know, was probably the only way to go sort of thing at that time. Uh, you know, and then we kind of transitioned into the 90s and uh, where it was really uh, the thing to do sort of thing. Big barns were going up and uh, the industry was really growing and climbing. And, uh, uh, you know, and that kind of was built on cheaper grain or cheaper feed grains, I guess, sort of thing. And, uh, uh, you know, as we've gone through the years, that it's kind of been a reversal. We're like we're a mixed farm here. We have grain and hogs. And, uh, you know, the hogs for at times pay more and pay the, pay the bills. And then right now for the last while, the grain has been definitely paying, paying, uh, the bills more than the, the hog business. So 
it's been a tough business. So I'm not going to sugarcoat anything here. It's it's uh, sure got its cycles and and uh, you know uh, valleys and uh, you know highs. But uh, you know overall, uh, we've made we've uh, managed to uh, carve out a living uh, doing it. You know, have things sort of gone towards you know bigger, just bigger companies sort of running things compared to maybe a few you know years ago when when maybe just individual producer could get involved or? Yeah, no. Now it's it's just uh, you know we had at one point I think there was five hundred um, independent producers, and now that's I think we uh, like we're we have a, a co-op. We buy insurance together, so there's about I think around forty independents left. That's not including. Uh, how to write colonies, but uh, not a lot of independence left. It's uh, a lot of people have certainly have left the business. That's for sure. So, and the vertical integration has pretty well taken over. Um, you know, uh, producing most of the pigs are growing uh, a farm or farm. If you owned a barn, he would rent it to uh, to a larger company, and they would just produce the pigs for them. So, uh, so yeah, it's been a big change in the industry and big movement. Where uh, where the uh, basically vertical integration or has t- has pretty well uh, taken over uh, that part of the industry. Now it's still the colonies that are producing their own pigs, but uh, the independent side has really dropped back. And Doug, uh, talk a little bit about some of the recent changes in in regulations, um, you know, government regulations, um, and uh, just the uh, building of new barns here. Yeah, they're you know they're still trying to build uh, get more capacity in in the province, and so they are uh, do do allow to uh, uh, you know uh, yeah they're just allowing more uh, producers say if I want to add on I don't have to go get a permit I can add on a, a because of, I forget now is it uh, ten or fifteen percent additions onto some barns and. Uh, and I think out west they're focusing on uh, some municipalities that are a little more friendly to hog production. So they're looking at placing barns and working with different municipalities uh, and moving out of the traditional hog uh, east, southeast uh, hog producing area. So most of the uh, production is uh, um, center, uh, going out out uh, western Manitoba. So so that's. Uh, Part of it, uh, they're also working with some of the regulations, trying to streamline the approval process, and uh, you know. But I think that's tied to more individual municipalities that can um, that are, are interested in setting up um, some barns in their their, um, their jurisdiction. That was Doug Martin, a hog producer in the East Selkirk area. He's also a district advisor with Manitoba Pork. Doug was joining us here today as part of our series, Looking Back in Celebration of the 65th Anniversary of CFAM Radio 950. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. A potential strike at CP Rail is looming. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo commented on the issue. We have the federal mediators already engaged because we are trying to do everything we can for the parties to reach a negotiated agreement as soon as possible. I understand uh, how, you know, the, the farmers, the anxiety related to a potential strike because our food supply chain has been stretched and under so much pressure in recent months. Definitely don't need a strike right now. 
and uh, never anyway, but especially not right now. So I can tell you that, you know, with my colleagues, we're close to the parties, to both parties, and, and, and doing everything we can for a resolution. An overwhelming majority, 96.7% of the more than 3,000 members of the Teamsters Canada Rail Conference voted in favor of strike action earlier this month. CP Rail could be looking at a strike as early as March 16th. Russia's invasion of Ukraine means there will be less grain on the world market. This has led to an increase in grain and oilseed prices. FCC Principal Agricultural Economist Sebastian Puglio was part of a webinar this week hosted by the Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute. There are other impacts on the market, especially also on uh, input prices. One obvious one is the price of oil, which impacts the price of gasoline, diesel. Uh, so for grain farmers, it's going to cost a lot more just to put the crop in or harvest uh, in terms of diesel. Fertilizer prices will also see an increase with the sanctions that are being placed on Russia and Belarus, which are important producers of potash. And this week, the federal government announced the launch of the Supply Management Processing Investment Fund worth $292.5 million. The fund is part of the government's commitment to support processors to address the impacts of international trade agreements. Michael Barrett is chair of the Dairy Processors Association of Canada. Dairy processors welcome the announcement. The fund will support additional investments and innovations for Canada's dairy processing sector to transition to new market realities resulting from additional market access concessions granted in trade agreements with the Europe and Trans-Pacific countries. By supporting investments in processing plants, the fund will boost the competitiveness, the productivity, and the long-term sustainability of the Canadian dairy industry. Through the program, processors of supply-managed commodities will have access to funding to improve their productivity and efficiency through investments in new automated equipment and technology. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on Monday show, we'll talk about Canadian Agricultural Safety Week. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.